Ch-ch-cherry Bomb, a Guardians of the Galaxy fic, written by Open Summer, read by Dr. Fumbles McStupid. Summary. Sometimes, her team forgets Peter is a woman. She lets them. Peter is crude and charismatic and brilliant, and she figured that out when she was 17, and people started running when she called. She likes men's pants because the pockets are better, and combat boots and leather jackets. She keeps her hair hovering somewhere between shoulder and waist length, but braids it tight against her skull, and wears sports bras that crush her flat. She's beautiful, too, but that's more or less irrelevant. Until it isn't. Peter wants to fight and fuck and lie and steal. Later, Peter wants to be good. In short, Peter wants to live, and she doesn't think her gender has a thing to do with that. The rest of the galaxy disagrees. Sometimes, her team forgets Peter is a woman. She lets them. She's got a list for that, starting with the fact that she's already the most breakable member of the team. She doesn't need them treating her like more of a liability. Said list runs for four more pages and concludes with, Fuck it, boys have more fun anyway. Written so sharply, she'd torn the page. Peter was 14 when she wrote it. None of her reasons have changed. Dead center in this list is a rambling paragraph that makes her cringe every time she reads it. Nothing it says is untrue. And between the lines, it says this. You can fight and scrabble and scream and curse, and the galaxy will give you nothing. This. Life isn't fair. This. There's a less of a place for women than there is for men. And this. Even if you fight every fucking day for your right to be recognized as a person, you will still be denied. She didn't write this. It's not worth it. Her team understands this. She knew there was a reason she liked them better than the Ravagers. It starts here. Sixteen years old, and Peter's got hips and tits for the first time. She can con a mark, steal a meal, shoot a man. She knows how to survive. Her hair is getting long again. She's grooving her way along on nowhere, on her way back to the Ravager fleet. Headphones firmly in place, and gets slammed into a wall by a non-human who's got a foot on her. Orange skin, big teeth and claws, vaguely reptilian in the face. Big, twice as broad as her, and in a totally different weight class. He paws at her, and he's going to... She kicks and fights and doesn't scream. On nowhere, that'd just get her killed. So she bites and hits and gets an arm free to grab her gun. She fires. He's not the first person she's killed. She staggers back to the ship, leggings ripped up, bruises down the insides of her thighs. Yandu looks at her and asks, Anyone I need to kill for you, girl? That is the one and only time he calls her girl. She likes to think he cares. It starts here. Twelve, and the new guy decides she's too small, too weak to run with them, and yanks her headphones off her head and tosses them aside. She smiles at him, bright and wide, and every other ravager in the room steps back. They know what that look is. She flings herself over the table and brings him down hard, slams his head into the floor, and steps back. When he gets up, she repeats until he stops getting up. Then she crouches and waves the Walkman under his nose. Mine, she says. 
It starts here. Yondu cropping her hair short and calling her boy, all hillbilly drawl, a glitch in the universal translator they slapped on her, because a girl who can't defend herself is meat, and for some reason he's decided to keep her. She bites him for daring to touch her hair, and sprints for the engine, which is cramped and dark and the only place she can get to that they can't. She doesn't make it, and they drag her back to finish the haircut, and she spits and cusses and fights, but Peter is a hell of a lot smaller than any of them. That's a lesson in and of itself. It starts here. Her southern mother, with an accent as thick as molasses, giving her a boy's name. Four years later, she punches out the Collins boy for mocking her name on the first day of pre-K and gets sent home. Her mom's not sick yet, so they bake cookies and dance to a mixtape. Her mom sends her back to school, wearing a dress. She doesn't own any trousers. Way to send mixed messages, mom. Her name is Peter, fuck you very much, and she bears it like a cross, long after the metaphor becomes inappropriate. It starts here, too. The Sirani are matriarchal and have just enough dirty work that they keep the Ravagers on call. Their homeworld gives Yandu the heebie-jeebies, so he starts sending Peter in for pickup and drop-offs, soon as she's old enough to pilot alone. It's not a bad planet, and after Peter breaks off from the Ravagers, she goes back. The first person she meets groundsides, name requires a throat stop that human biology isn't equipped with. Ellie, Peter calls her. She's Sinari humanoid, with neon pink skin and insectoid eyes. They meet in a club, and Peter buys her a drink and takes her home. Over breakfast, she despairs of Peter's clothes and drags her shopping. What happens next, Peter tends to remember as a Terran movie montage. Shops, clothes, makeup from a specialized store for Novan complexions. There's music and dancing, screaming with laughter as they shimmy through dressing rooms and out of outfits. They get kicked out of two stores and buy what feels like half of three others, and the montage ends with Peter spinning out and landing arms outstretched in front of the full-length mirror in Ellie's apartment. Skirt, heels, leather jacket, and red, red lips. Look, Ma, beautiful after all. Ellie is the one who teaches Peter it's okay to like your body, that there's a power to looking in the mirror and loving your reflection. That heels can make a man flinch, and lipstick is meant to be the color of your enemy's blood. Which means her lips tend towards Ravager Blue. Ellie's the one who teaches her it's okay to like being a woman. She's also Peter's first real girlfriend, and she makes a point of calming her at least once a month to check in. So sometimes, her team forgets that she's a woman. Peter lets them. She's past the stage where she would have thrown her gender in their faces and flaunted it for being better as a woman than most are as men. She's past the stage where she would have treated her gender as unimportant because, quote, unquote, fuck it, boys have more fun anyway. They, the so-called Guardians of the Galaxy, have been running together for three months when her monthly call to Ellie, and God, hadn't she laughed when Peter had awkwardly confessed to saving the galaxy, ends with an invitation to swing by Ellie's. Bring that team of yours, she'd instructed. We'll paint the town. Ellie's work is barely the sight of legal. Imports and exports, and she packed up and left 
Tysrani after one of her contacts sold her out to a competitor. She survived the bomb, but a later attack gave her scars that even dermal regenerators can't remove. She's based on Rigel 7 now, and there's that old line, a more wretched hive of scum and villainy couldn't be found. The team fits right in. Peter leaves the team to their own devices while she gets ready for the night. Gamora needs a replacement for one of her blades, and Rocket's looking for a couple things to trick out Groot's pot. Drax is tagging along to Bodyguard, since the last time they took shore leave, Gamora's many fans hadn't heard about her playing for the right side now. Peter's got a couple bruises that still aren't fully healed from that encounter. She hogs the bathroom, because it's hard to get hot water in space, though the Milano is better about that since the Novacorp rebuilt it. Unpins her hair and curls it slowly, taking her time, grooving along to mixtape part two. Makeup, dress, heels. She wobbles for a moment when she stands upright and strides across the room, back and forth. There's a knack to heels she needs to relearn, another to wearing skirts after months of pants. She's the last one ready, and Rocket is bitching about it when she leaves her room and strides through the ship, not a wobble in her step. We good? She asks, because they got quiet when she came in, which in this group means something bad is going down. World-ending, earth-shattering bad. Drax is gaping. Rocket's probably doing the same, but it's hard to tell under that fur. Gamora, who has her hair up in a complicated knot, which A, damn, and B, what the hell? Gamora doesn't even put her hair up when she fights. She totally cares about meeting Peter's bestie. Looks smug, and Groot wolf whistles. So yeah, sometimes Peter's team forgets she's a woman. She lets them. <laughs>